ready for this. I got one thing to say. Uh... Inside the ring. Outside the ring. That I just happen to be the greatest wrestling machine alive. It's all here. What a mega matchup. Universal Wrestling Podcast. I like this kind of party, baby. Wrestling Podcast. My name is Nick Dieterding. Thank you for tuning in. If you want to watch this interview, hop onto YouTube and search the Universal Wrestling Podcast. One last thing, I'm going to pass it to Chris Dunn before the interview so he can talk about his charity. It really hits home for him and many others. If you can donate, that would be awesome. Chris, take it away. Yeah, you know, I appreciate you having me on to promote, and I appreciate Dave coming on uh, since he has a big fan base to help promote it. Um, but essentially, like I'm doing a, a 10 week charity drive for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. And I think everyone's dealt with cancer. You know, my my girlfriend and her sister were you know greatly impacted when they lost their grandmother. And like they're you know, my my girlfriend's the most important person in my life. I love her very much. And like through that, she has like such an amazing sister who's like so bright and cool and talented. So that was one of the, like, the many reasons many reasons I decided to help out with this. I think in like a, a bigger context, though, like like when you talk about this stuff, you want to personalize it. And I think as wrestling fans, um, when I started at WWE, I was there for five years. You are focused as a writer and a member of the creative team is like, who is the top person? And that's Roman Reigns. When I started, I started um, July 2016, right during the uh, brand split. So everything we did, everything we thought about was Roman Reigns every single day. He was a major part of my life, even though like I worked with him a lot when he came back uh, to SmackDown. Before, you know, before that, though, I'd probably like produce like a backstage or two and would say hi to him. Really nice guy. Really great guy. Coolest guy. He he feels like a movie star, feels invincible. Um, but I, I don't really know him that well. Um, he's always been really nice to me. But like he is a major part of my life because the job dictates that you have to think about Roman Reigns every day. And I got to the point where I was like really trusted WWE and I knew all the kayfabe creative. Um, and if I didn't know anything, um, I would figure out really quickly because I could put two and two together. Like I, I wasn't supposed to know about Edge returning at the Rumble, but I put two and two together on that. None of us knew what was happening that night when Roman announced he had cancer and he was it came back. Even though I, I don't know Roman well, uh, he was such a major part of my life because it was his, my job to think about him and help you know, service his career and seeing somebody so strong and so cool and like who feels like this invincible football player, movie star, have something like a, a disease happen to him like this multiple times is really, really jarring and really makes you think about like how life is short. And this organization, they have leukemia and lymphoma in the name, but uh, they have done so much positive research for all types of blood cancers. 
Um, they have made lives of you know, cancer patients much easier with the research they have done. And, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you even can donate like $1, it's very meaningful. It's very helpful. You know, if you've had somebody impacted by it, like you, it's probably more meaningful to you than it is to me, but like, I recommend like, we're going to link to the donation page to the organization. Please check it out. Like if you have any money you can spare, it doesn't have to be much. It can be a dollar, $5, even 50 cents uh silver dollars if they still have them so whatever help you can be yeah uh, it would be very appreciative absolutely and that's one of the reasons why i wanted you to come back on thank you nick like my my girlfriend is the most important person in my life and yeah. her, her sister has become in that group they dealt with this like not leukemia or lymphoma but like her their grandmother had cancer and it, it wasn't easy on them so uh any positive impact i can have like or or we can have as like yeah, that's the great thing about wrestling. You know, wrestling fans have a certain language, and you know we're connected. And I'm really hoping that the people listening to this podcast uh, can do their best to support. Kristen is here with me, as well as Diana Perazzo. Diana, thank you for coming on the program today and helping us make uh, awareness for such an amazing cause. We've been doing it for a couple weeks now. So, Diana, how are you? Thank you for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm great. Good. Chris, let's hear it. Yeah, I mean, we've been playing this at the top of the podcast where, you know, this is airing sometime the week of 5-9. The donation drive ends uh, 5-22. So uh, please, if you can, whatever you can, whether it's a, you know, $10, $5, a dollar, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society appreciates it. And, you know, it goes towards amazing research and not just for leukemia and lymphoma, all types of different blood cancer. Uh, this organization is the premier scientific organization and research organization um, helping cancer patients. So if you can, you know, please help out. Yeah. We've had a busy, busy past few weeks, but Deanna, last week you had a really busy week. AEW, of course, Impact, AAA. Let's hear it. How was it to uh, make your <laughs> debut on uh, Dynamite? Yeah, it was, it was really cool. It's, um, you know, obviously Britt Baker's my best friend. So it was something we had been pushing for, for um, like a year, it seems like now just to work together in, in some capacity. So um, it was nice to be there with her and see a lot of familiar faces. And I think for me, it was um, just really full circle because I was supposed to be um, at all in, which was like the precursor to um, AEW. And then that didn't work out. Um, so now, you know, fast forward like two years when I was released, it, it was like just a weird period. I didn't know that I was going to be welcome at AW or what, um, landed an impact. And now it's just like, everything has come together. I'm a true believer in, you know, everything happens for a reason and the way it's meant to be. So, um, this is my journey and it's been really, really cool. It has been. Go yeah. ahead, Chris. Oh yeah. It, it was it was pretty awesome. Like as somebody who's known you since I think 2017, 2016, like, you know, your first night, like you are, you know, on the show, you're walking into the main event, uh, with where like, I, I got excited cause I was doing something and, uh, I had like plans for after, after AEW that night. And 
they sent out a tweet like, oh, we are we are going as long as the match goes. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> like, you know, it feels like a uh, like I always get like visions of like WCW back in the day uh, with Nitro when like with um, when I see those things. So it was just so cool to see you in that moment. Yeah, it was it was like the lead, the lead up to it all day. We didn't know, you know, what the card looked like, where we were going to be. And it's funny because Mercedes and I were like, I, we might be the main event. We were the biggest thing on the on the advertisement, but gosh, like I don't want to I don't want to be in that spot. That's a lot of pressure. And then at like five o'clock, they were like, "So you guys are the main event," and it was like, "Oh, um, a lot of pressure." You know, Impact um, does our live pay per views. Uh, you know, there's like four every year, and then we do these like app specials that are live. Um, but I don't necessarily do live TV every yeah. week like people on AEW are. So it was even more pressure for me to be like, can I still do this? I hadn't done live TV since NXT. So that's two years. Um, so it was, I was like, oh gosh, and we have a commercial break and we have a picture. And picture. There's so many facets to this that we have to get right because we're the main event. But um, I think it turned out really, really great. I think yeah. that, um, you know, I got to put my best foot forward, Impact's best foot forward and, um, yeah, it's just a really exciting time for me right now. You really, you really did, and like I think everyone that knows you was was really excited for that night. Um, and I think like that's one thing about you too, where it's like ever since I've known you, you've as a performer, you've always risen to the occasion. Whether it's you know like you know when I first met you doing the, the Luchador stuff and the Alexa Bliss Becky Lynch storyline to like when you you know got called to Raw randomly one night for you know a match with Asuka like it's you you have a history of like whether it's you know a couple of weeks in advance or like one minute in advance just like getting up to that high level that a lot of performers have trouble to sometimes and I think like one thing too you're talking about your release we were talking to Scott Garland a couple of weeks ago and one thing he talked about in like his you know decision to leave NXT was like seeing performers on the independents or like after leaving WWE kind of like really make an awesome career for themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think like you kind of fall into that category of like, you know, you mentioned your release, but like since then it's just been up and up and up in such an amazing way. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I, that's one thing I do. I do think that I like thrive well in pressure. Um, and I think I've just kind of always been that way, um, you know, from being like a competitive cheerleader and things like that. I'm like, I'll just, when I'm there, I will do it. And I promise. <laughs> um, but I think that's part of maybe like what we do as wrestlers is like, um, it's constantly a lot of pressure and there's a million things being asked of you in one second, you know, and you have split second decisions to make. And um, if you can't do that, then this probably isn't the the profession for you. So I, you know, as, as much as I feel I have that, I think the majority of us do have that. Um, and the ability then to just take, you know, what might be perceived as a negative being released from NXT or WWE and being able to say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna make it work elsewhere. And I don't know where this is gonna lead me, but um, we'll see and I'll figure it out. And, you know, I was able to do that. And I think that I was in that first round of releases. So um, it kind of maybe was eye-opening to anybody who then thereafter was released to be like, hey, okay, Deanna did this, or Matt Cardona did this, or, um, you know, whoever it is, is, is out there making a name for themselves, reinventing themselves in a new way. Maybe people didn't necessarily see them doing. 
Um, and it's given a lot of people, you know, still people who are unfortunately getting released now, um, the ability to be like, okay, it sucks, but life goes on and I'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. So awesome. Hey, um, uh, hey, Chris, you mentioned uh, you've referenced 2017 and working with Deanna. Could you guys elaborate a little on that? Oh, yeah. So like uh, we were, um, we were, Deanna kind of crushed it. We were um, at, on SmackDown at the time. I was working with another writer, uh, John Russo, a lot um, on the Alexa Bliss, Becky Lynch uh, storyline with uh, La Luchadora. Um, and Deanna kind of started off as, and I don't want to speak for you, but like you kind of got involved in a, a, a locals match and kind of really stole the show. So I'll, I'll let you take it, Deanna. Yeah, I um, I think I was in Puerto Rico wrestling and um, John Cohn called me. And this is like, I've never spoken about this because I was like, well, they told me not to, and I wasn't La Luchador in the end. So I've just kind of been like, maybe I was, maybe I wasn't. So <laughs> insider scoop. Um, yeah, they called me last second and were like, hey, could you come to SmackDown on Friday? And I was like, okay, yeah, sure. And they didn't really tell me what I'd be doing, but um, I remember it was in Washington, D.C. And there's a commission in D.C. and I wasn't licensed, <laughs> but I told you guys I was so I could come and do whatever you were asking me to do. <laughs> to hide from the commission all day because I was like if they ask me and I don't have the paperwork I'm not going to be able to be on SmackDown um yeah and then I got to just do like a little thing where Alexa beat me up um and fast forward like a week or two I think I got another call um saying like hey uh we want you to come back and this is what the storyline is going to be and we don't know what it'll be but you are gonna you know wrestle under a mask for a few weeks and I was like cool. Awesome. Like, um, I get to wrestle on SmackDown. So who would, especially the position I was in at that time, like who would say no to that? Yeah, you were doing a great job on it. And like, it's, I think if I remember correctly, like, uh, like we, we want to keep using you. I think you had a tour in Japan though, which kind of like threw it on off. Um, and like it ended up being Mickey instead, which was really cool. I think like, it's such an uh, interesting sliding doors moment. Cause I think like, you know, a bunch of people were, you know, pitching and trying to figure out ways to bring Mickey back. Uh, but it, it would have been great. Like we, the tough part about that time and, you know, occasionally we're, it's really like roster size is such a important thing, like, and such a, a weird thing. Cause like you can have too few people or too many people. Uh, SmackDown, I think at, at the start of, the branding extension I may be wrong this only had six or seven women on the roster so uh bringing in more people was like really important but you're also trying to bring the right people in um and like having like you were kind of like doing such a good job where you know it seemed to make sense um but yeah it's luckily though like it kind of worked out it did because like going to Japan and like kind of you know as you're kind of growing as a performer is like the perfect place to be yeah, it was, it was interesting too, because I was told like, um, it might be Mickey, but we might have it both of you and then yeah. like kind of see. And then too, it was this, this weird period, I think on SmackDown where James Ellsworth was, <laughs> was an extra and, um, you know, kind of like really knocked it out of the park. So then you guys kept using him. And then I think he was signed. So like, 
for me, it was kind of exciting of like, ooh, um, okay, there's a lot of possibility for me to just like come and be on SmackDown and not do the NXT thing right now. And and kind of I, I, there, the possibilities I felt like for me were endless. So I had even told, I think John Cohn at the time, like, hey, I'm supposed to go to Japan, um, but like, this is more important. So if you need me, I can be here. Like you guys just, just let me know what you need from me and I will figure my life out. Um, but yeah, then it was Mickey, which was still really cool because I remember SmackDown and I think it was in Memphis. Um, yeah, they well. had us both. and I came out and I had to be dressed up in the thing because no one was supposed to know it was me. Like roster wise, we were kayfabing everybody and, um, did whatever they needed me to do. And then out came Mickey in the same outfit and I left. So everyone thought it was still me. Um, and it was really funny because I remember like Randy coming up to me and this person coming up to me and they knew it was me, but I had to be like, it's, mm, I'm not allowed to speak <laughs> like, because Mickey was finally there. So they really, like you guys really wanted to um, play up that it was truly, it could be either of us. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things in like those situations where like you never, uh, like you never, it's always a game of telephone of like knowing like, because like the writing team and talent is like so, or the talent department are so separated. So like you never know. Um, yeah. But it was definitely cool. And like you, I think it kind of like worked out really well for you in the end because like you got to experience all these different things. And like it's kind of funny and cool to come like full circle because like, you know, in the last year, your your story with Mickey James was probably one of the better stories in wrestling. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was really cool because um, we had never gotten to work together really in any capacity. So um, going from that, and I I kept talking about all year like you stole my opportunity on SmackDown, and we just <laughs> had so much fun with it. Um, and I, she's. Oh, I love her so much. She's so phenomenal. So um, in hindsight, I was obviously so happy for her to like uh, right the wrongs of her career and get to do it again and, and see where it went. And then, you know, um, also get to work with her on the backside of that and, and have, a, you know, we main evented a pay-per-view for the knockouts, which had never happened before. So make some, some real history with her. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, it's it was such a great match. And she's also like not only an amazing in-ring performer and and promo and just legend she's also like an awesome person who's done a great job helping us support this charity too oh good yeah, yeah. Oh, i can't I, i'm not supposed to talk well of her but i really oh. love her. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah. I yeah i did like the i did like the tweet i did like the tweet she sent the other night of like um a very like I'm not supposed to say anything good about Dion Peraza, but that main event. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we have this love hate relationship. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's funny. That reminds me of Adam Cole and Pat McAfee. We had Adam Cole on the uh, podcast a few weeks ago, and yeah. it's a love hate relationship with Pat McAfee. But on to another legend, Diana. You had Jazz's last match, retirement match. How was that? Could you uh, reflect on that? Yeah, it. Um, gosh, I. Working with Jazz was a dream come true. And I truly, truly believe like she was so ahead of her time and she just like has never gotten um, the recognition she deserves for all that she did. So I was kind of nervous of like, what do you want to do? And she's so freaking cool. Like, she's just like, you, you tell me like, whatever you think is gonna be good, that's what we'll do. And she gave me the reins to, to say and do whatever I wanted throughout our whole 
our whole few weeks storyline. So, and then with the match. Um, so it was just really cool to, to be in the ring with a, like a legend. And I think that was, um, I think I had just maybe wrestled ODB. So like, I was just kind of getting into this, like, I couldn't call myself the legend killer, but um, <laughs> this, like a legend killer thing that it was like, yeah. really, how do I, how do I level up for these people? And how do I um, make sure that like, no one has, if I'm working with this high caliber level of people, I want them to think I'm in the same category. So how do I rise to this occasion as well? And that was kind of like my mindset of like, I want to do right by them and I want to give them awesome matches and I want them to walk away saying like, she's one of the best. I think like when you, so a couple months ago, you know, and probably should ask this earlier, but uh, when you heard uh, AEW was uh, buying ROH, like what was the, what was your reaction? And like, are you like, um based on like the other night like has it like surpassed that like how like how are you how are you enjoying the uh the roh aw uh, relationship now? um it, it was i was just as surprised as everybody i think because i um the relationship that impact had worked out with ring of honor was like we don't know what's to happen and we just want her to kind of navigate us through this unknown period and keep us relevant and keep people talking about it and when we figure it out we'll be back and then we'll figure out what's happening with the with the belt um so then when it was it was like a bomb dropped it was like oh crap like but this could be this is really good for me because up until that point i, I had not worked with aw there was kind of a line drawn in the sand about like women will not be being a part of of, of this crossover um so it was like oh all of the doors are kind of open and i'm the ring of honor champion so i'm definitely going to be involved in this somehow and i win i win in yeah. this situation um but then it was it was difficult because when they had first um said we're going to do super card of honor it's going to be um you know in the, in the arena in dallas and um impact also had a show happening and I was like scheduled to be on the signing and there was just so many schedule things to work out um that it was like oh but I don't want to mess up this opportunity because it's a really great opportunity for me it's a really great opportunity for women um I really really hope that impact and AW can figure it out and it wasn't super card of honor which also was a really good thing because I had a really bad bruised leg um that I was like really worried about how am I going to wrestle two matches, two title matches on the same night and not break my leg. Um, so I think when it came to like, okay, now you're going to do it on dynamite. Didn't know it was going to be the main event. Didn't know where it was going to be, when it was going to be, but it was going to be dynamite. I was like a million people are going to watch me wrestle. And I don't, I couldn't even tell you the last time that happened. So yes. Um, so I just think, yeah, I win in this whole situation. And then on top of it, it's super special to me because I, back in 2015, like helped bring back a women's division in Ring of Honor. Um, and I was kind of one of those people pushing and poking and annoying people at Ring of Honor, like, hey, we should bring more women in and hey, women's wrestling matters. Um, so to see, see Ring of Honor and that women's division and what it meant to me and whatever it's going to be now kind of come to a head and, and meet and be the main event on Dynamite and have, I think, you know, numbers came out and it was like 800,000 people watching wow. myself and Mercedes Martinez. Um, that's like beyond my wildest dreams. So cool. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it was awesome. And like, um, so I have a, a curveball question that uh, somebody who's a fan of yours uh, asked me to ask. 
uh, and if you if you don't like, we cut it out. But um, this person was saying they see like on your on your social media occasionally, like fans will send you weird things. Uh, is there what is the weirdest thing a fan has ever sent? Um, hmm. I don't think they like. I'm trying to think. Because I've gotten a few gifts, um, not to my house, but to like my PO, my mailing address, my PO box in New Jersey, um, which is totally okay to send things to because it's not me, it's not my house. Um, but things that have come to my house, nothing weird, but it's like just like cards to sign and like printed pictures that they like printed on their printer at home. Um, <laughs> with like little notes of like, I found your address, but I promise I won't share it with anybody. Like, <laughs> the fact that you have it is the problem. <laughs> um, but I've gotten like like coffee mugs and um, someone sent me like a, a Tom Brady pop Funko once. Um, <laughs> nice. Bears. Yeah, nothing too crazy, but yeah. Um, yeah, when it comes to my house, it's just like, come on, like, there's a website to buy merch like there's a, a an address to send things to that's not to my house like steve and i just don't want things coming to our home and i think <laughs> um that should be understandable although it's not <laughs> well have anything like uh hearing a funko was a surprise especially because like how valuable those are yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that was really cool. I think it's still at the address that I've that I do put out is um like the wrestling school I trained at. So that goes to my trainer and he oh, cool. through all that stuff. Um so I think it's still there. I think that he has everything kind of there for me. Um and I just leave it there. Awesome. Um well I guess like you know, we obviously you have to uh obviously if you get going a little bit uh quickly though, like you know, you've it's been so impressive since like leaving NXT for you. You've had like so many great matches. Is there anyone you're looking forward to, whether it's AEW, uh, Impact, ROH, just anywhere in wrestling Japan that you kind of really hope to get to work with in the next year or so? Um, yeah, I think that Brit is always going to be that. Yes. That um, you know that's that's the dream match for I think everybody right now. Um, and, you know, I think Wednesday kind of like solidified that where we were both like, no, we just want to be together all the time. <laughs> um, but I think that my dream dream match is, you know, the three best friends, me, Britt and Chelsea. Um, and I didn't get to do all in with them. And um, obviously there were other people involved in all in. But I think that if we could do like uh, that, but the three of us and it would just be really special and and really cool considering our journeys and, and our friendship. Um, but then too, like, uh, impact has knockouts tag team champions. Um, so I would love to wrestle Madison brain. Who's one half of them. Um, but then also maybe get a, uh, get a tag partner in Chelsea and do some tag stuff. I don't know. And that sounds awesome. But, uh, for, before, man, before seeing that triple threat, I would love to see the three of you guys together, um, yeah. as a little faction for a bit. I think that, I think that would be so fun. <laughs> I think yeah. any combination of us is, would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Would make sense in AEW. They have that trios thing going on. So 100%. And yeah. Chelsea, another person just like crushing it um, in such an amazing way. Like she, like, kind of going to like you and Matt and like Mickey, it's just like people you're so happy to see you doing well. She was always kind of like a, such a, 
standout performer and like I always I always felt so horrible when she got injured but like for, for before Survivor Series yeah oh gosh like I remember being home and <laughs> having we started a group text me Brit and Matt and it was like what happened is she okay she hasn't gotten back in the ring is she hurt is she not hurt like just being so panicked of like this is a really really great opportunity this is life-changing and um we didn't want something to be wrong but yeah unfortunately like she got tossed out of the ring and the way she landed um put pressure on a plate that she didn't know was supposed to come out from the original broken wrist so when she went in and saw the surgeon he was like oh there was no way this arm wasn't going to break again because the plate was still in there um so it was just really really horrible timing um but i think she's one of those people again that just has that ability to bounce back and just take things into stride and and try to figure it out and um you know unfortunately when she was released she she was so upset because she's she saw all the possibilities that you know just when you make your main roster debut and you're just getting that upward trajectory of like you're gonna be on survivor series and who knows after that? Um, it was really disappointing for her, but to see her come out of it and, and she has just reinvented herself and she's killing it as the hardcore queen um, and then working with NWA and Impact and, and traveling the entire world, like uh, as a best friend, I couldn't be any prouder. Yeah, I think like a, to her credit, like what always really impressed me about her outside of her in-ring ability and she's like an amazing promo and you know, when I was at NXT, she was always like working, you know, backstage with the digital team and like on practice promos, um, on flushing out her character. And like, she was always coming with pitches every single week, um, more so than any other talent in like a, like, I, I know she was, I think in like one interview, she said like, she was worried she was getting heat over it, which was actually the opposite. It was like very impressive. Unfortunately, like it just, it, it sometimes it's the you know the stars just don't align but it's kind of goes to you know coming back around like you and like all the like the your friends like which has been so cool it's just like it kind of really shows like when you believe in yourself and you bet on yourself that you push yourself what you can accomplish because you know you're not you know nxt's deanna peraza right now like you are just deanna peraza in like such a good way where you can hey I've never appeared on this, you know, TNT show before, but I can main event it against the NBA playoffs. So it's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's, you know, um, what makes it so special is like this last two, two years since has just been like a crazy whirlwind journey that um, I, none of it would be possible without my time in NXT and without what I went through there and struggled with there and um, coming out of it being like having a chip on my shoulder and being like, screw it, I'm going to prove everybody wrong and I'm going to be what I thought I could be and what I wanted to be. Um, so I think, yeah, if you just, if you believe in yourself and have uh, like a really core group of people who also believe in you, then anything truly is possible. Thank you so much for making the time. You have always yes. been so kind and just, just the best. Oh, thank you guys so much. No, I'm happy, yeah. happy we got to chat. Yeah. Absolutely. What is it? Three, three kids from South Jersey or from Jersey yeah. talking about wrestling? Awesome? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. There we go. <laughs> I it's love good that. One. It's a good way to end it. Of course, the link <laughs> is in the description below. Please donate if you can. Deanna, thank you so much for coming on and helping us support such an amazing cause. Chris. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you, the man, as always.
We're on the tour to uh, promote this charity, to make awareness. So thanks again for tuning in. If you can, please donate. Thank you again. And we'll see you next time right here on the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Peace. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Check us out on the web at uwpod.com. You've got mail. Or send us an email. We really don't know what we're dealing with here, man. Info at uwpod.com. Universal Wrestling Podcast. Nobody does it better.